Hello and welcome to the Eighth Note Sessions. I'm Mike Shamil. And I'm Devin Mullen. And our guest today is Megan. Megan, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me, Mike and Devin. Thank you for coming on the show. I just wanted to start off a little bit with your uh, first EP, Pretty Girl. Um, mm -hmm. You had produced a, um, it had a lot of acoustic elements in it. You had yes. songs that um, varied from love and romance to even some more um, darker tunes. There was a song where you sang about abusive relationships. Um, yes. What was the inspiration for that? So where that came from, my song, Melissa, um, my friends, uh, unfortunately, quite a few of my friends have been through emotionally abusive relationships, verbally abusive relationships. You know, they were with partners who would constantly put them down each time they would feel good about themselves. They would just be crushed. And I noticed it wasn't a male thing. It wasn't a female thing. It wasn't an agender thing. Um, all around the spectrum, my friends, um, dealt with these terrible relationships. So I wrote the song, Melissa, to stand in alliance with them, to help them, to make them feel something within themselves that they can listen to it and they can be like, I can relate to that. You know, I've had members of my family and lots of friends come up to me saying that they love that song because there was a point in their life where they were too afraid to speak up about what happened to them or they were too afraid to tell anybody how they felt and it kind of inspired them to you know be within their truth yeah, and search first... for happiness afterwards i'm sorry oh you're I, good, you're good. <laughs> when i first came across that song i hadn't listened to your ep yet i was just mm -hmm. starting to check out your music and i had watched your performance with buffalo rising down at the market oh. arcade and thought wow you know, Thank it started you. off with your single East Side and, you know, it, it you had a, you know, a really oh, it kind started of like off, fun vibe. <laughs> Actually, East Side wasn't released quite yet. So I think East Side was released like six months after that. Okay, my but bad. I think it's, no, you're fine. I think it started with, oh my gosh. It started with Tonight. Tonight, um, yes. Tonight, it started with Tonight, then it went into You Are The One and then Melissa. Yes, yeah. that, that's correct. Um, and uh, I was like, wow, like as, as the camera kind of zoomed in on you and some of the more, um, you know, hard hitting lyrics in the song, I was like, wow, this is a really um, strong performance. And it was kind of recorded when, you know, there wasn't as much live music being played. And I, and I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool to see someone deliver that on camera, especially when you've only been playing out for a couple of years. Isn't that right? Yes, that is right. Thank you so much for that compliment, by the way, Mike. Um, it means a lot to me that people really enjoy that performance. I was so nervous that night because I didn't have that much experience within live performing yet outside of like church and school. And I remember I got in a special outfit for it, but I put it on and it kind of looked like a black garbage bag and I was freaking out because it was like an hour before. <laughs> and I had to find something else to wear and I had like a blonde wig. And it didn't look right, so I had to put a hat on it. So I was like in freakout mode when I was when I was singing those songs. So luckily the reception was super positive and super sweet. And everybody with Buffalo Rising, shout out to Devin Chavan, the videographer for the night. He was just the sweetest angel human being you will ever meet in your life. And 
he just made me feel so comfortable and shout out to 832 Productions, my accompanying band that night because everybody really pulled through. They were fantastic mm -hmm. and they sounded they good. Were, they are amazing. Yes. Now, fast forward to your current projects. Um, how has all your experience during the first year or so of uh, performing, you know, set things up for today? So I feel as though I'm in a lot better of a mind space than I was when I first started performing. You know, I went through some personal family tragedies. So when I first started performing, I was still building that confidence, you know, building my self-esteem back up and building myself out of the fears of the world. You know, I was more fearful. I was scared. Now that I'm more grown and more experienced and know how to deal with life itself, I feel as though this newer project is just gonna be lots of fun and lots of love songs. They're basically songs that I've recorded over the past year about my femininity, about my relationship with you know my family, about my relationship with God, more spirituality. Also on the side of love, you know, experience who who I like and what I like, and you know, a, a breakup and ex knowing who I am as a person and discovering who Megan is. Definitely, that's going to be on the album, and I'm going to have you know a song about the world and you know how we can just take so much on our backs and not give ourselves a break and it's like my ep about more happiness i'm in a much better mindset i'm more happy and this ep is for others just as much as it was for myself with pretty girl it was for other people but mainly it was kind of a therapeutic thing for me to get out of this dark dark mindset ironically i'm in pink and I look happy on the cover. And right, it's called you have the cherry Girl. blossoms behind you. The cherry blossoms <laughs> were all behind me, but I was in such a dark space at that time. And it's funny, now I'm putting out darker songs like Yisai. Now I'm in a more positive <laughs> space mentally. I think it's because I'm open to more experimentation now, you know? I'm okay with swearing if I want to swear. I'm okay. Can I, can I say something like Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I'm okay with, like, speaking or talking about sex if I want to talk about sex, you know? I'm sure. okay with reaching points of my femininity that weren't there when I was recording Pretty Girl. I'm okay with all of it, not just some of it. So I think you're going to hear different sides of me, definitely. So I, I think important to note that it would be misrepresenting your musical journey throughout life if, if we just put this point two years ago and say that's where it started. Mm -hmm. In our pre-interview conversation, you said that um, you, you basically had the music in you since you, you came into this world. Yeah, um, definitely. And that uh, you, you had a very spiritual upbringing on uh, mm -hmm. a Pentecostal sect um, and have been in this sort of growing process and the the music and the expression and reconnecting with these things about yourself these they seem to be very intertwined uh i was curious if you could speak at all about um you know where you are now versus you know where you came from yeah so how i grew up where i came from the environment was a lot more controlled. And when I say controlled, it was, you know, we all 
go to a certain place. We all dress similar. We all think the same. And if you question it, then the issue is with you. It's not with anything anybody else is saying. The issue is with you. Um, you know, I respect a lot of the people who have brought me up because luckily I had parents who wanted me to be an individual. However, now that, you know, I'm in this loving music scene, I could definitely say some of the lessons that I was taught, you know, treating others with kindness, loving everybody, no matter whether or not you disagree with them, I still have within myself. But I'm a lot more open and I'm a lot more perceptive to different walks of life or to different individuals. You know, growing up in, in that ultra, ultra Pentecostal religious environment, I had to not only unlearn a lot of the things that were taught as facts to me, I had to definitely educate myself and 100% not rely on other people to teach me. Cause I feel as though, as I say that, I feel as though a lot of individuals who may have grew up conservative or within the church, a lot of the times we might befriend somebody who is not like us and we expect them to just teach us everything, right? As if it's their job to teach us how they are as a person and they're just being themselves. And can you I give me the user though, manual, please? What'd uh, you say? Can you give me the user manual, please? Basically, yeah, like the user manual. And it's like, no, you have to do your own work and educate yourself in order to make the space more open. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I, ideally you do have, you know, some community that's, that's mm -hmm. helping you along the way. And it's not this, strictly speaking, individual enterprise, but <clears throat> mm -hmm. at, at the least it's a very, it's a very difficult and a very strong thing to do to try to set out on your own path and mm -hmm. sort of leave what you've taken for granted as, as mm -hmm. being truth and finding your own ring of yeah. truth and things. So. And being that individual, because I, I wasn't the only person who grew up in that environment who decided not to follow those ways. Um, luckily, I had parents who always kind of wanted me to be myself. They might not agree with my current lifestyle choices. However, um, being your own individual person and coming into fruition for your own self, doing things that truly just make you happy. I'm not trying to, you know, just any religion or any walk of life. My thing is I'm just doing what makes me feel happy. You know, I'm not having, you know, this in my nose just because I want to piss off somebody or <laughs> make people angry. Ah, you know I mean? It's just me being myself. Like, here's the thing. I feel like a lot of times when I talk to people from my past, they think the issue is deeper than it is. They think I have like personal hatred towards somebody or I had it really hard or something like that. And I need to be reformed. No, I'm literally just being myself. It's not that deep, but. <laughs> Where's this chip on your shoulder coming from? There is no chip on my shoulder. Basically. What? <laughs> well, what I really appreciate about sort of looking at your your musical career from like eight miles high um, is just the the openness that mm -hmm. that you seem to be finding within yourself in this journey. And you know, I I agree. It's it's not your job to 
to educate anyone else or for anyone else to educate you or this, that, and the other. But you can entertain the possibility. Mm-hmm. And that's there's hope in that. And I, I feel like yeah. hope is really, on the musical, social, spiritual level, kind of what we need right now. Right? It just makes sense yeah. for the time. It um, does. To, to shift gears a little bit, I, I'm i curious what uh, is coming down the pipeline. Uh, Ooh, what is? Um, so I'm going to be releasing a music video on March 4th exclusively on Sneak Vibing Blog for about two days. Okay. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, in addition, well, I don't even know if I can mention one of the things, so I'm going to keep that shut. So <laughs> I'm releasing an exclusive within the next couple of months, hopefully, before my next project, which will hopefully be my album. Uh, I'm going to LA the end of March, so that's exciting. Wow. I'm trying to set up some performances out there, so oh, I'm excited cool. for that. And just stay tuned for more. Like, literally, guys, it, like, happens daily. I mean, you both are musicians, so you guys know, like, sometimes it feels like you have no performances, and other times it's, like, five of them just line up in a row, and it's like, whoa, what the, where the hell did this come from, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, totally, yeah. all the time. I'm, I'm selling out those anti-folk venues... Oh, no. one of them, you know, it's, yeah. No, it's and, oh my God, hopefully I don't sound like a douchebag when, no, I you, you back, should... when I watch back this interview. Hopefully I don't sound like a douche, but, no, you know, no. I'm excited. Oops, no, sorry. I, you, I, do, I do find that gigs, you know, whether creative or, you know, technical, they always do mm-hmm. come in waves. and They do. I'm it's the kind like of person. or like 10. And it's yeah. like, What? Yeah, and I'm the kind of person where, like, in that phase of, like, there's not much going on, I get kind of impatient. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's not enough to do. I'm not getting anywhere with my goals. I'm not doing anything cool or interesting or inspiring. And then I'll try to get, like, a bunch of stuff going. And then all of a sudden stuff will, like, happen. And then I'm like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. I agreed to too much. Too much stuff? <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. I'm, like, very, like... I'm very much a perfectionist when I'm performing and I'm very much like on it and I probably should be a little more relaxed, but like, that's just my personality. It's probably never going to happen. So I'll just accept who I am, I guess. <laughs> how, do you, how do you deal with the, the nerves of performance? So that is such a great question. Um, you know, people ask me all the time, do I get nervous? Like, of course, when I'm first stepping on the stage for like sound check, I get a little like anxiety because, you know, I want to do well and I want to impress people and I want to communicate to people what I want to communicate. Like, I love what I do. Um, so what helps me with nerves is I always drink a nice warm cup of tea before I each mm. performance. Ginger turmeric is really good. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I That's make sure I'm prepared. It is, isn't it? Oh my God, mm-hmm. if you go to Trader Joe's and get the ginger turmeric tea, tell me, cause I'm obsessed with Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> but doing that as well as being prepared actually is probably the best when you're nervous. Cause being unprepared and nervous, being prepared and nervous are two different things. At least when you know your song and you practice and you know what to do, then, you know, you can use those nerves to like enhance your performance. If you haven't memorized your lyrics, if you haven't done shit to practice, then guess what? If you're nervous, it probably is not gonna go well. And I've learned both ways. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, you can always fall back on what you're prepared for. 
yeah and singing everywhere not just on stage like when i first started a, a young girl asked me how do i like overcome stage fright or like have both the courage to do what i do um i remember i would just sing in grocery stores you know just humming while i was shopping and i remember a lady was like oh my god you have such a beautiful voice while i was grocery shopping i was like oof, maybe i do got something here right <laughs> so just doing little things like that for yourself really helps your nerves that's smart because it, it kind of, you know, you, you teach your brain to mm -hmm. be okay with other people hearing your voice. Yes, 100%. And it, it helps break down that, like, mental block of, like, oh, man, I, I suck, you know? And, like, yeah, one make it like a habit. Yeah. A habit. That's how I overcome stage fright. Because I always get annoyed with those interviews of saying, there's nothing to help stage fright. Nothing <laughs> ever helps it. That's bullshit. <laughs> if you can find a way, you can find a way. Don't psych out these young people trying to look up to you saying, there's no way to help this. Like, oh, come on with that crap. Right, because it's, <laughs> it's definitely something that with practice can get better. I find that for me personally, if there's a long spell between playing shows, the first gig back, a couple songs in, like, is a little nerve-wracking. But mm -hmm. once I play more regularly, like, getting on stage doesn't feel like this you know anxious experience because it's like okay yes. like, this is what i do oh yeah I'm, I, I do this so yeah 100 percent. and you know it, it's different for every day because some days i'm actually very nervous and other days i'm fine i think more intimate settings scare me but if it's like a party and a big i'm fine but you know it's just it comes with the the territory i think and it's a ever a never ending struggle, right? Never ending struggle. <laughs> now, well, I'm sure it's something to do with like a stimulus response in the amygdala or something. Who knows? I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a neurobiologist. For, I, I think most simply, a lot of times, what it boils down to is just silencing your inner critic and giving yourself mm -hmm. the permission to take up the space and extending that invitation to yourself and I, I really like the idea of singing in a grocery store for that because very mm -hmm. often you know we we go through this life and through this world and uh uh well you know negative self-talk you I'm, I'm not allowed to be visible kind of thing i think that's a, a pervasive struggle that people have so it it just makes a lot of sense um last thing for me um I noticed that, and, and you had mentioned this in the pre-interview conversation, so I'm, I'm glad you did, because uh, I, I felt smart for picking up on it. Um, I noticed a lot of features of Neo Soul in, mm -hmm. in your music, um, but I, I wanted a clear sense of what acts and what artists give you inspiration, who, you know, what sort of lineage and tradition is helping to craft the sound that you're putting out right now and helping to sort of guide you on your way you know so many amazing people i've been listening to lots of like wilson pickett stevie wonder aretha franklin even more like rock acts i think we spoke about like led zeppelin you know and black dog that song's great and just really really tuning in and finding that inner soul and you know listen to d'angelo 
Um, and she's shown so many amazing artists. That's my next step after I release this R&B EP, which is more inspired by like modern day R&B music. I'm going to take it back, and, you know, do something that with lots of, um, I'm trying to find the right word, lots of gusto or like, you know, something that just makes you feel good and want to get up and dance and holler. You know, Absolutely. that's my next step for my album. You know, and look at Anderson Pack and like Bruno Mars with the uh, Silk Sonic. They kind of like brought back that funk sound, right? So yeah. I feel like it's time for somebody to bring back that, you know, that Etta James or that, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I know Buffalo, we currently are at the front of the conversation on hip hop and, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of R&B, so it, it's not too much of a jump in logic to think that uh, another kind of revival might happen here. Yeah, of course. And I love hip hop. I'm a huge rap fan, actually a massive rap fan. And I love R&B music, but I feel like with my voice and even with my jackrabbit performance, the songs that I was really getting into were like the mall are like soulful guitar driven melodies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, I guess the last question for me, because we're starting to run out of time here. Uh, <laughs> if you were to collab with any artist, local, famous, or otherwise, um, who would you collab with and why? Oh, my goodness. 100,000% probably Tom Mish. I'm obsessed with that man. Um, if you don't know who Tom Mish is, please look him up. He's a multi-instrumentalist producer he sings as well but his compositions are just so amazing um if you want a song listen i love the song movie it's really good all the songs are good so he just collaborated with yusef days so yeah okay. i love thomas that sounds like it would be a lot of fun it would be i'd be ecstatic i would fly to england right away <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know if he's watching in England, but if he does, but if he reach does, out to please her. notice me, because I literally love you. I listen to all your albums. Like, please, thank you. I cover two of your songs in my live sets. So. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll have to tag him in, in when we post this and see if we can get his attention. I, I don't know if it'll work, but what the hell? I don't you know? either, it's the internet. Worth the shot. I'm usually not like desperate at all. However, for him, I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, you know, collaborating is such a fun experience because it, it while it's a little stressful at times, cause it really pushes you outside of your boundaries. It always, at least in, in experiences I've witnessed or been a part of, it always sort of opens this like extra part of the brain that you didn't know was there where you're like, oh my goodness, like I never thought to do these things, but now these ideas make so much sense. And, you know, it, it puts a few more tools in the toolbox. Yeah, definitely 100%. I need to get more into the collaboration side of things. I try to be selective because um, I've, I don't want to say I've gotten into drama within the music community in Buffalo. Most You've gotten people... into drama in this scene? Drama what? in Buffalo? How? We, we don't have any. 
Y'all are funny. Man. But, like, I've been more selective ever since. I don't know. It's kind of sad because when I was, like, irrelevant, like, I got into no drama at all. But as soon as I started making a name for myself, that's when people who I thought were my friends like just started insulting me out the gate. Mm. Like I'm arrogant, you know, that I need more vocal training because it's not gonna cut it and you know, all this stuff. But that one wasn't like, he, he said it worse than that because I don't want this person might be watching and I don't want him to be texting me about stuff. But I got in a lot more, you know, of the brunt when I was actually doing the gigs or doing the work. But when I wasn't doing shit, you know, I didn't get any any type of hate or anything. So it, it, to be honest with you, I have such a close group of friends and I know so many amazing musicians in the city that I focus more on that than the negative. Um, obviously we're human beings. Sometimes when people piss you off or there's negative things, you're gonna be like, oh my God, why the fuck would they do that? <laughs> Trust me, I've done that plenty of times. Uh, however, um, just focusing on what I do best and that's making people dance and making people happy. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> Absolutely. Well keep I mean, it up and uh you know, we're gonna look out for, for more of your stuff. Uh Devin, did you have one last thing? Nah. Okay. Why stir the pot on drama? <laughs> 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 <The> drama alert. <laughs> Maybe next time you know we interview you, we'll we'll see if we can spill a little tea. How's that sound? Spill the tea. We're gonna yeah. pitch uh, an addition of this to TMZ. It'll it'll be great. <laughs> now oh, screw them. They don't boy. get any of the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, like to be honest with you, I'm just so blessed that like I I feel as though. It's above me. That's how I feel. I never really get into it with people anymore because it's above me, you know. A lot of with that yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's a good way to approach it, you know, because rather than, you know, because if you engage in the drama, it just drags it out. And if you just say, it you know does. what, I'm going to move beyond this, you know, it suddenly fades into the past. 100%. And I, I feel as though I found some really good people, like, to collaborate with who I love working with. And I'm going to stick with those people and I'm going to reach out to those who I genuinely feel that we could help each other and help create more beauty within the small music community we have on Buffalo. But I'm just so elated and thankful for the love I've been given and the positivity I've been given over the years. It's great. Beautiful. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. With that, I'm Mike Shamil. And I'm Davin Mullen. And our guest today was Megan. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take a listen to Eastside by Megan. Now we going out to the mountain. Uh, and we going to stay here. And we going to stay here. Yeah. And we going to stay. The Eighth Note Sessions are produced by Music is Art. Our co-hosts are Devin Mullen and Michael Shamil. Editing by Michael Shamil. The Executive Director is Tracy Fletcher. Our Program Director is Sarah Elizabeth Shaw. You can help programs like this keep going by donating today at musicisart.org. Thanks for listening.